Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 83 of the Spirituality for Ordinary People podcast. My name is Matt Bruff, and I'm a pastor and an author and the host of this show. Today, once again, I'm bringing you a continuing conversation on ancient wisdom in chaotic times. And this is a conversation that I had with uh, Dana Trent uh, live on Facebook. Uh, We did this last week, so it was April 1st, 2020, when we recorded this. And uh, so some of this is interaction with a few people on the Facebook feed, living comments and things like that. Uh, But it's a wide-ranging conversation. We talk about all kinds of things and continue where we picked up from the last episode. Uh, And we're going to be doing one more of these at least, uh, and uh, so you can expect that to come out soon as well uh, as we continue to talk more about the importance of engaging with uh, our deep tradition, particularly the biblical text. We talk today about uh, the Lord's Prayer and about... Uh, Psalm 23, and how these familiar texts are familiar for a reason, and uh, and how they can be quite helpful for us in these times that we find ourselves uh, as we continue to struggle with uh, social distancing, um, which can lead to social isolation, uh, as we continue to struggle with uh, the coronavirus and what the implications are for our lives. Uh, And yeah, it's a very challenging and difficult time right now. And I just hope that uh, this conversation that Dana and I were able to continue over a few weeks will be helpful for you. All right, here is that uh, conversation now. And if you were here last week, you remembered we talked about a lot of different threads, you know, from Sabbath to time to grief, grief to the new ordinary to chaos. And so Matt and I said to each other, what specific tools could we offer y'all to equip you in this time? And like really drilling down to the specifics in terms of ancient wisdom, because we had talked a lot about sort of threads last week. Um, for both of our various books. And then we thought, what are, what are some key scriptures right now that we can all hold on to that are accessible, that come from our sacred texts that can really give us meaning in a time of chaos? And so we landed on two texts last week, the 23rd Psalm, which most of us have some portion of that Psalm memorized, as well as the Lord's Prayer, which is obviously from the Gospels as well, as or not as well, but so we've got a Psalm and then the Lord's Prayer from the Gospels. And so we thought about drilling down on those two texts in particular this week to talk about how those two ancient texts, ancient wisdom, can help us get through these chaotic times. So maybe we'll land there, and then we'll talk about some of the conversations that you and I have been having with parishioners and other people this week, too. Does that sound like a good place to start? Yeah, that sounds great. Um, I think as well, like for me, why those two texts are really important, like for lots of people, they are familiar. Um, and I think there's a reason they're familiar. Like there's a reason that these two particular texts are probably the most two memorized texts out of, uh, the, out of the scriptures. Um, there's a reason for that. Like they are deeply meaningful, and um and really speak to to us like other than 
you know, uh, with the Lord's prayer, Jesus disciples ask him, you know, how, teach us how to pray. And this is the model that he gives them. And we sort of hold that up as like, well, and so that's why we've memorized this prayer. But mm-hmm. I guess that's true. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's just something about the prayer itself that it, that Jesus didn't say, and so memorize this exact prayer and repeat it like in worship services for 2000 years. He, he didn't right. give that instruction. He just said like, here's a model for you. Like, and, and so some would kind of rebel against the fact that we've memorized it and repeated it a lot um, mm-hmm. and say, well, no, Jesus was just giving a model. So let's analyze the model. But I actually think the fact that we, we did internalize it, we did memorize it. We did put it into liturgies mm-hmm. um, from the very beginning that, that that actually tells us something, that this is something that really speaks deeply to us as human beings. Um, and someone pointed out to me a while back as well, is that um, although this is sort of the central uh, Christian prayer uh, mm-hmm. taught by Jesus, there's actually, um, it's actually not distinctively Christian. Um, right. It's actually a Jewish prayer mm-hmm. that is given initially to by Jesus, who is Jewish, to his Jewish followers to pray and uh, and as a prayer to God the Father yes. and using using the parental image as a way of relating to God. Um, but it's not a prayer in Jesus' name, which is quite interesting, right? So, um, so it might even be a prayer that spans, uh, a, has the potential to span across uh, mm-hmm. religious traditions, like even beyond the Christian tradition, which I thought was kind of an interesting way of thinking about it too. That is a really, that is very interesting that it is a strictly Abrahamic monotheistic prayer and it would, it would work for anyone who observes God as one. And so, yeah, that's, that's a really interesting distinction. And the idea that Jesus is preaching as a Jewish reformer to students within a particular sect of Judaism at this time. So we're contextualizing it, but also that we have the the Psalms. So we have another prayer from the sacred text within um, the ancient language of, of Hebrew. And so how interesting that we landed at those two places, right? I, we have so, another prayer that we might look at too from Clement, yes. which, is pretty, which is pretty Jesus-y. So, it is. so yes. I'm also a big fan of Jesus. Like I like focusing yes. on him too. But. Of course. But I, I love that what we have done with these two texts is that we're seeking ancient wisdom that is both natural within our muscle memory, right? So it makes sense for us as Christians, but also would have been in Jesus's muscle memory. Yeah. Yeah. And his, and his first listeners, right? Like that's, yeah. Yes, exactly. So these are, these are excellent go-to texts. And I, and if y'all are on and listening, you know, let us know how you've been using these two texts this week. I know that Sandra has been using Psalm 91. Linda has been using Psalm 46, verse 10, be still and know that I am God, another excellent Psalm. Um, And so, yeah, these are, these are texts that really speak to us in chaotic times. And what I love about them is that they are uh, generic is not the right word. They are they are wide enough to hold all the chaos. Um, they are it. They can envelop the entire situation that we're feeling right now, and that which transcends us is what holds us. And so, these two scriptures alone have the capability of holding us in these chaotic times. I'm just looking down because I'm pulling out my. Uh... This is my Presbyterian Church in Canada, Salter. Nice. And it is 
it's really a fantastic book actually so it's really just the psalms and that but then it has like sung refrains and things like that oh um but uh but it also has an index at the back that is like really basic that lots of people don't know about even within my own church probably but it's uh the index is just for pastoral and devotional use and like the first uh and it's just different things so it'll be like creation uh, dedication of a church building illness Mm -hmm. marriage and like what psalms are good for those repentance thanksgiving Mm -hmm. trust and of course it's in alphabetical order so the first one is anxiety is here are some good psalms for uh, anxiety which it doesn't list psalm 23 in there which we're talking about but um but it's also anxiety when i just look quickly uh, other than praise and adoration, I think the Psalms that are that are useful in a time of anxiety is the longest list. <laughs> it looks like there's oh, about wow. 25 Psalms or so there. <laughs> so, but I recommend this to others in other traditions too. If you can get a copy of this from it's the Presbyterian Church in Canada's uh, Psalter, mm-hmm. it's uh, quite a useful book. Yes. Um, a way of Which- coming out the Psalms. And, and that speaks to exactly what you said last week, Matt, was we should, you know, we our resource it is um is lament, right? Like that yeah, is yeah. our those psalms of anxiety, we might call it in modern day in our, you know, books, our pastoral resources, but psalms of lament, psalms mm-hmm. of hard times, of stressful times, like those are that's our tradition. That is our ancient wisdom. And yeah. so it makes sense that it's our go-to right now. Yeah. Is there anything? Oh, before I was going to ask you something, but before I do that, I just want to say as well, just as someone who's a Presbyterian coming from the Reformed tradition, part of our tradition that I've done at certain times, I'm not currently doing this, but at certain times I'll do this, go back to uh, reading the Psalms. We have part of our tradition of reading the Psalms, all 150 of them in a month. And um, just that being just a regular daily practice as the prayer practice to do. Um, and so there's many people within my tradition that that's been the main way of, uh, of connecting with God on a daily basis is through the Psalms and just reading them directly through. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to write that to so that's, that's a big deal for me. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm finding that the Psalms, like that's often if, if I'm going to go to the Bible, um, cause mm-hmm. I would often, I think I mentioned this last week, prayer walking, that is kind of a go-to for me. Yeah. Um, the exam yeah, is has become mm-hmm. a little more important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say when I go and turn to scripture for a time of prayer, a time with God, it's the Psalms that I will go to. And I think maybe that's just because it's part of my tradition and and mm-hmm. kind of part of what's formed me. Um, mm-hmm. But I found that to be helpful. It's just, it's amazing how the Psalms will speak to our emotions and our feelings. And um, even the situation in our world, mm-hmm. um, it just seems to align like you'll find something in in a few psalms as you read them and then they'll just kind of jump out at you yes agreed yeah 100 and, and i did want to ask you like mm. um is there anything in particular in psalm 23 like is there a particular mm. phrase or a particular uh part of that that kind of jumps out at you or is important for you the the whole thing and i'll tell you why it it was my mother's favorite song and so when she was a little girl she was raised on a tobacco farm in north carolina and she would walk the dirt road that connected her granddaddy's house to their farmhouse and when she would walk home at night it would be getting dark and that was the song that she recited at an early age as she walked down the dirt road back home 
And so the entire psalm for her was one of comfort. It was one of assurance. It was one of ease and anxious times. And so that was the psalm that I recited to her over and over and over during her death and hospice. And as she was dying, actually, that's the psalm that we used because I had to connect full circle. Like that was the psalm that stayed with her her entire life. So it's really all of it. I, I wish I could cherry pick a verse, but to me, it's, it's the entire thing. Because for me, it represents that, you know, that story and that relationship with her and that assurance that she taught me as a little girl that when you are feeling anxious, here's the psalm that can bring you comfort um, in, in hard times. And so yeah. it's the whole psalm. And I love too that when we're going back to Jesus, you know, Jesus would have had those psalms memorized because yeah. that was Jewish tradition, to be sure. We hear Jesus reciting psalms, especially um, on the cross, mm-hmm. thinking about Psalm 22. And we know that the early monastics, desert mothers and fathers, would have used the psalms and their lectio practices. And so you're right. What a rich resource for us in this time. And, you know, since we know it's April 1st and this is an April Fool's, I mean, wouldn't it be a great practice for us to think about this reading all 150 Psalms this month? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so thank you. I think for me to, especially right now, just the phrase, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And yeah. um, because I think, like this psalm is obviously lots of people have heard this psalm at funerals or mm-hmm. with someone who's dying, like you're talking about with your mom. And um, and that's true, but also throughout the crisis that we're in, um, whether we know someone who has died or someone who uh, has COVID-19 mm-hmm. or whether we don't actually, um, it's sort of this... Um, and it's strange too, because we're in Lent as well, that starts with right. Ash Wednesday and an acknowledgement yes. of mortality that, mm-hmm. um, that we are, the world is like encompassed with this, with this, uh, this shadow of death is, is mm-hmm. kind of upon us. Right. And I, it's always there like Lent and Ash Wednesday in particular acknowledges that that is actually always there. Like that's actually nothing new for us. Right. Um, but it's just now like it's in a, it's every news cycle and it's just mm-hmm. on everybody's minds and it's, and it's striking closer to home for so many and it's restricting mm-hmm. things. And we talked about loss last week. So right. it's sort of that phrase to me right now is really sticking out is that mm-hmm. though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil mm-hmm. uh, for you are with me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that's super important. So Cause I think it's pretty easy to fear. Um, oh, yes. And I actually think that's okay to acknowledge. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm scared. Um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think that's fine. Um, and for me in the Psalms and in the Bible in general, whenever so there's lots of commandments or people mm-hmm. will phrase them as commandments as fear not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I used to sometimes hear that as, Oh, so if I am afraid, I'm not like obeying that commandment from God to fear not like, or oh, I'm not living up to Psalm 23 because I am walking through the valley of the shadow of death and I'm afraid. Um, But actually that's not what's being said, right? Mm -hmm. Um, What's being said here, like when an angel appears at uh, in the Christmas story to the shepherds is the famous fear not. Um, Mm -hmm. The angel says that not as like, Oh, don't be so silly being afraid. The angel is saying, like, you don't, you don't have to fear. I'm, you know, I'm here. 
And the same in this Psalm, when we're claiming, I will fear no evil, the only time you ever claim that is actually when you are feeling afraid. Correct. Yeah. Right. Like that's when you defiantly say, I'm not going to fear because I know God is with me. You only say that when you're afraid Um, Mm -hmm. as a way of claiming, okay, I know God's with me. I know God's with me and I'm going to get through this because God is with me. Um, so I, to me, that's really important to get that shift correct. Um, because I think sometimes we can see, uh, or we think the Bible is telling me I'm supposed to be this way, or I should act this way. And, oh my goodness, I feel fear. So I'm not actually a good spiritual person or I'm not following Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, actually you are, it's just, yes, you can also claim these words. Yes, that's right. They're not mutually exclusive. Yes. So, so and that, that I, yeah, really that's important. true. Yeah. Yes, it is. Thank you. Thank you for that. Because I, I know that, you know, some churches are wrestling with the idea right now of, you know, if we don't meet in person, are we showing our lack of faith in oh God's gosh. protection over us, right? <laughs> or, or if Sorry, we, I, I'm just going to laugh about that, but I shouldn't. But it's, you know, it's, it's this idea of kind of almost a prosperity gospel issue of if we, um, we are well because we have faith. And if we don't have faith, then we will, we will become unwell. And so, but it's not mutually exclusive. We can express doubt. We can express faithlessness. We can express angst and anxiety and fear and all of that. And we talked about this God is big enough to handle all of that. Like I have, there's no question in my mind. Um, And I have a finite brain. Like I've got a tiny human brain. And so imagine, you know, the, the mind and heart of God. I mean, it's just incomprehensible to us. And so I think it's, we would do well to understand that we can, that that which transcends us holds us. And so we can, we can offer these words whenever we need them. Yes, please. Churches. Stay yes. home. Like don't <laughs> don't Amen. have public gatherings. Like that's how Amen. it's Yeah. Amen. If that's, that's a message that you and I need to convey in yeah. this, yes, that it is okay right now to seek alternative ways of worshiping. Um, and that is and what a good what an what an interesting Lenten lesson for all of us too that we've been stripped of some of the basic things that we take for granted, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's teaching us the innovation and collaboration and creativity, but also teaching us you know some silence, some humility, some turning inward, um, some yeah. sacrificing. You know yeah. all these beautiful Lenten themes that my goodness aren't these timely and auspicious. And so thinking about that too. I'll share with you this little thing. I I was on uh, uh, local radio yesterday, um, Ah. just for a short little thing. Um, And, uh, and it it was, it was great to talk to uh, shout out to Mike Tom at CHVN. Mm. Um, He, and just, I wasn't expecting where the interview was going to go. It was just sort of like, what's your church doing to in, in the time we're in and, um, but it, it eventually went to like, well, like, what about Easter? Like people are worried about mm. Easter services and being in our sanctuary and kind of together. It wasn't even necessarily like just one of like sort of together working it out. It was part of it came to, well, what actually happened on the first Easter morning and mm. how actually the feeling of the first Easter morning is still very much like a Lenten kind of feeling. We didn't name it in that yeah. way. So we talked about like the intimacy between Jesus and Mary Magdalene. It, it, it was, was one of the things where actually it's really small. It's actually 
just her and Jesus. Yes. He's the resurrected Lord. Yes, there's going to be this triumphant thing. There's going to be like trumpet fanfare, all of that. Right. And we're going to really miss that this year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're going to really miss being in beautiful sanctuaries and Mm -hmm. all the flowers and the big celebration. Mm-hmm. But maybe this year we're we might be able to maybe even more able to say, well, actually, on that first Easter morning, mm-hmm. it was just Jesus and a few women, mm-hmm. Jesus and maybe two. Well, the two men actually don't even meet Jesus, right? Like they just find the correct. It's, it's the women. Evening. Mm-hmm. Even even in the evening when Jesus does appear to the to the male disciples, right? The female disciples, but. Um, it's it's a small group of them and they're they're fearful. They are. And yeah. they're behind locked doors. Like it's yeah. sort of you've got these interesting things that actually do resonate with where we are right now. Like oh totally locked away in our houses yeah. and we're worried, but maybe this is the opportunity to say this Easter might be about that close one-on-one relationship mm. with Jesus, with the resurrected Jesus, where it's like this little spark of hope, not the giant thing that we know Easter to be, which it is, right. Right. but maybe we can focus on that 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 close relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. this year. Oh, amen. We can amen. come back to that next week. Cause it'll be holy. Uh, okay. Yes. Cause <laughs> I'm, I'm going to put a note, to, note to self. A little side yeah. bonus there. Yes. Um, gosh. Yeah. The celebration of Easter. You're right. And I'll check in with our, with our folks um, to see, you know, what, what kind of comments we're getting. Cause we've got one. Um it, you're right. And the, and also, and I was talking to a reporter this morning and we were talking about, you know, this, this, the longest Lent ever, right. And how we're in a mad dash to get to Easter. But I, I personally want us to linger in Lent for a little longer. Oh. I think that there, there's a lot of, because you can't have Easter. There is no resurrection without death. Right. And I don't mean that we, we want to linger in terms of people being ill and dying. What I mean is that I want people who have privilege to linger in the space of understanding injustice, Mm -hmm. oppression, what's really happening in the the world, um, what's really going on in terms of what does it feel like to be isolated? What might that feel for somebody who, who, for whom this experience is their everyday life time, right? Confinement, whether it's physically or socially or emotionally or spiritually. I think this Lent is so rich for us to be mining the data, the spiritual data that I'm really hesitant to get to Easter because I don't think we're ready yet. I really, metaphorical Easter, right? I think we need to hang out here for a bit and, um, and do what Jesus did, which was you know, be in the wilderness fast, which means sacrificing, right? Self-isolation in order to turn inward, right? There there would also be no Easter without the wilderness. And quite possibly, like, uh, this might be an interesting Easter. Uh, This should be the topic next week. We should totally do this. Okay, do Easter, all right. But but really quick, something to think about for next week is Easter is actually a 50-day season, Yes. And if you look at the biblical story of what is actually going on in those 50 days, it actually yeah. isn't trumpets and fanfare. It actually starts with a lot of doubt, a lot of uncertainty. And even when you get to like, yes. the, say the end of Matthew's gospel, where Jesus commissions his disciples and says, oh, send them out. Mm-hmm. Like it makes a point of telling you some of them doubted. Yes. So yeah. even with the experience of the risen Jesus, they're still like, uh, I don't know. This seems... 
Like, and it isn't until Pentecost that actually you get the big explosion of like, oh my goodness, now it's really going. So it's right. Who knows if we're going to be having services by Pentecost? I don't know. Right, we don't know. This Easter Mm -hmm. might take on a bit of the character of Lent, but still Mm -hmm. be Easter, and just now we're able to say, well, okay, we're carrying around Mm -hmm. the the resurrection life, but but within us, like it's sort of this little secret that, like that, that's kind of what the the disciples have. They have this, like, well, we know, but but. but what do we do with this? Like that's what do we do with it? Yeah. That's sort of what the original Easter probably would have been like is well, we've got this, it's joyful, but right. But we're also kind of still hiding away in our houses scared because we don't yes. really know. Um, so it's this uncertainty that's in the original Easter, actually, when you look at the story. But we just go right to the celebration and rightly so most of the time. But maybe this year it'll be right. different. Maybe we will actually embrace Easter tide, the 50 yeah. days. Hey, maybe. Yeah. Wow. A call to Easter tide. Hmm, I love that. Okay. We'll see. We're going to jump ahead. We're jumping ahead. The Lord's Prayer, we're supposed to... Right. What else do we have in that? We'll take a pause and let me look through the comments really quick. This is great. (laughs) We've got got folks um, watching with us. So Molly Beck is talking about the NLT translation use of pursue instead of follow. This is from Psalm 23. And this is the NLT translation. Molly put this up. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. That is lovely. Pursue. Yeah, that's really cool. Wow. And then Sandra is offering um, Be Still, which is Psalm 46. And then um, Molly added disciples. What do we do with this Easter knowledge, right? So their discernment of what what do you do with the Easter knowledge? I think that's what she meant um, that in terms of discernment, but she can clarify. I know she's still on the line. Um, but yeah, it's this is all like rich soil for spiritual growth. And it's Wayne Muller that says, um, time is the country in which spiritual practices grow. Hmm. And we talked about this last week, but it's like our, our physical calendars have been cleared and here we have all this time. And yet we are frantic. We are very, we're anxious about it, which makes sense. We have a right to be anxious, but how might we also in between our bursts of anxiety, go back to Psalm 23, go back to the Lord's prayer and embrace a bit of spiritual practice in the midst. Of it. Okay. Now you're also bringing up time. So we, I think yes. we okay. also wanted to return to Sabbath and someone mm-hmm. had asked a question about that. So I wonder if we should maybe jump to that too. Sure. Can we just go to that? Because I think that like yeah, a question okay. of how is, I think the question might've been, how is this, how is the time we're in now different than Sabbath? Yes. And let me go back to Ivy from Ivy's question. Yeah. Cause she did it great. That was awesome. And let me find it so that you're right. Um, let's see. Let me find it. And I'll so I think Ivy's we do have off the time. Yeah. Like many people have more time on their hands, but it's just sort of like, how do we, how do we yeah. relate to this time? So this is Ivy's question. And Ivy, if you're still on the line, you can chime in on this. After watching your session last week, I've been wrestling with the thought of whether or not to consider this time we find ourselves in as a sabbatical or Sabbath time. 
for me, while this feels like a time of desert wandering, heavy, grief field, living more simply, I, I find hope and peace in trying to embrace as much as I can this as a form of Sabbath, where I am more intentionally seeking after God, to go back to Molly's um, pursuing, and looking more intentionally for the spirit at work in the midst of it all. Would love to have you both engage in this further and hear your thoughts. Yeah. So what do you think, Matt? Wow. Can you read that last little bit there again, that last little sentence? I'm going to cut and paste it too. Um, Let's see. Um, I find hope and peace in trying to embrace this as much as I can as a form of Sabbath where I am more intentionally seeking after God and looking more intentionally for the spirit of God at work in the midst of it all. Wow. Yeah. Well, in the earlier part of her comment, the thing that struck me first was kind of this idea of being in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Um and this is this is different. The intentional the intentionality I think is really good, mm-hmm. but I think yeah. for that we need an acknowledgement of we have not, like we did not intentionally choose what we're experiencing. Correct. Um, I think this is more like mm-hmm. uh, say the Babylonian exile. Mm-hmm. Um, or even somewhat the 40 years wandering in the wilderness coming out of yeah. Egypt, it's more that than it is Jesus going into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, which, mm-hmm. which kind of Lent is based on that. Because okay. Jesus intentionally chose, I mean, even though well, one, one way of translating it is the spirit drove him into the wilderness. So oh, is he choosing? But, right. but I think Jesus intentionally chose to go and do that a time of, of solitude and reflection and right. and so that would be more in keeping with what I would think of as like a sabbatical or a Sabbath, right? Okay. Um, mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. there are calls then, particularly I think with the Babylonian exile, there are calls from the prophets in particular about, well, what is what does this time mean for us as a people, mm-hmm. right? Like they they're actually right. called like so the the letter that Jeremiah writes to the exiles that God wants him to write is is you know put down roots, uh, work for the good of the city. And, you know, because I, there would have been a, an idea of, well, whatever, we're just like, we're going to get out of here. Like, let's get back to Jerusalem. And he says, no, this is going to be a long time dealing with this. So here's our approach. Here's how you view this. Um, this is a time for repentance. This is a time for Mm. self-reflection. Like, and even in the, um, even in the wandering the wilderness, uh, with Moses, the people really mess up. And the yes. reason why it's 40 years is actually God saying, yeah, you need 40 years of wandering in the desert before you get to the promised land. Like you can't, <laughs> so true. Yeah, you, you, you are not ready to go straight to the land of milk and honey here. You no. need this 40 years of wandering, but then it becomes, okay, God also, this is also the time that God gives the law mm-hmm. and provides them with a structure and a framework for how you're supposed to live together. Mm-hmm. That actually happens in the context of wilderness. Correct. And yeah. so it actually is an ordering in which one of those 10 commandments is keep Sabbath, right? Right, But it right. is an ordering of how you're going to live your life. And then they have to start enacting and living that life in the wilderness, including all the instructions for how do you build a tabernacle and how do you mm-hmm. worship and all those things that seem really tedious in the Bible when you read them. But God gives all of that 
I think, as a way of saying, okay, you need some help in ordering your life so that when you actually get out of this wilderness time, you are you can start living this out. Now, they don't always do a great job of doing that after the fact, but... Um, but I wonder if that's maybe, uh, a, maybe a biblical reflection on the comment is, is kind of yeah. looking at, well, yeah, this is a forced time, but that doesn't mean we can't be intentional. We can't mm. go back to God and how might we order our days, mm. not just during this time, but also for when this time is finished in whatever form that is, we will be in a new time. We won't be back in the way it was. Yes. We'll be in a yes. new time and we will have had an opportunity here to have our days ordered in, mm-hmm. in, a, in a particular way that again, won't look the same mm-hmm. in the next time we're in, but we can take things from this time into the next time we're in. Right. Oh, lovely. Yes. Very well said. Oh my goodness. That'll preach. That's an entire <laughs> sermon, Matt. That's awesome. That is awesome. I do have a preacher. Okay. There we go. You are, you are. I mean, you just wove together beautifully illustration, sacred text, and then how is it timely for today? Like that's incredible. I had a comment last week that you looked warm and I look cool and now you're trying to make <laughs> me blush so that. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's John. John is, yeah. John, John says we, uh, we had, we had cool Canada and warm North Carolina. Uh, that's too funny. Oh, this is great. And Ivy's on here. So I'm going to just read you back, Matt, because I know you can't see the Facebook. Yeah. Um, but what she says, um, she says, yes, reminds me of Jesus's 40 days. Yes, that was a great parallel that you drew, by the way. And then Ivy also says, true, thanks for the difference between choice and forced sabbatical. So intention is the difference there. And then she also, her third comment is, we are being reordered, remembered. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's it. That's it. And um, I concur with everything you said. In fact, I hope that you go back and write it down and so that we can have it all in a an article tiny form and like we can remember it and reread it because that's that was incredible. Um, well, we've got it recorded too, so that's even better. Yes. But yeah, that's it. That's it. In fact, I was on a podcast earlier this week. It's a Jew and a Gentile walk into a bar mitzvah. And so I don't know if Charles or Gail is on here, the right. doctors Breton. Um, but it was this idea of if or so Sabbath is sacred time, right? So it's stepping out of the or, ordinary time, the mundane time, in order to engage in something different that we don't do in ordinary time. So um, Charles, Dr. Breton was saying, and, and he's um, a Jewish practitioner, he was saying, ordinary time has changed. Ordinary time has changed. So yeah. now, if what we typically did on the Sabbath was, you know, go be outside in nature with our loved ones, but now we do that in ordinary time because we're, you know, confined to our properties or our yards or whatever, then we have to think about, well, what does Sabbath look like? Um, and yeah. Right? Yes. And so, but his point was exactly to your point. We will emerge from this changed in terms of what ordinary time looks like. Mm-hmm. And the hope and the prayer, of course, is that we will reorient our lives such that the one day of Sabbath influences the other six and not the way other way around. 
Um, but that's going to take some more wilderness to get there. And to your point, it takes 40 years, right? <laughs> 40 years on one side, 40 days on another. And so we'll, we'll fall somewhere in between those two numbers by the time this is all said and done. We, I, I was going to say, we'll just try to assure people that Dana is not a medical professional or anything or an epidemiologist giving advice on yes. how long it is. She's not yes. saying this is going to be 40 years long. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that disclaimer. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, uh, I, I'm not a doctor. I just play one in books, and so <laughs> yes, so yes, we don't we don't know like what the time frame is. But let us pray that um, that time will look differently, and that that is to your point. And so we have to think about too. Again, how is Sabbath going to look differently within the wilderness as well? So, yeah, I, and that's, that's, I, that was Ivy's question. I mean, yeah. that's great. That is um, that's great. And Sandra said. We all got sent to our rooms. I'm not sure what she means by that. Hmm. Uh, well, yeah, everyone's everyone go home. <laughs> oh, 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 I get it. I get it. I get it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I'll yeah. just give like a little example here too. Like, so yes. as, for me as a pastor of mm-hmm. a local church, um, that's kind of half of half of my job. Um <laughs> job that pays me as opposed right. to the other things like writing and doing podcasts that are you know just what they we are do it for the love we do yeah. it for the um, love yes. and uh yeah so I, I don't ever or very rarely uh, do I worship with uh my family members yeah right? so I'm usually leading um and even when I do worship with my family members if it's in my own congregation it sometimes just doesn't feel I don't know. It just doesn't feel like we're really doing it together. I still am like cognizant of like, oh yeah, I'm the minister of this church and someone else is leading or preaching that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's wonderful. It's lovely. Um, but then uh, interestingly, I work also with um, our denomination, our national office for the Presbyterian church in Canada, and they have moved their regular uh, staff worship time online. Now I work remotely <laughs> from Winnipeg, but the office is in Toronto. So for the Ooh. first time since working with them for a year, I'm able to attend worship um, oh my goodness. because everyone's remote now. Because uh, so they've moved their worship onto Zoom. And wow. so, they, and they planned a couple of like kid friendly things in, uh, in the Zoom worship because there's people home with their kids. Of course. And, uh, and so this morning, my daughter and I, uh, went on and, you know, beforehand, one of the things they were doing for Palm Sunday was like make, uh, find a way to make palm branches. So we uh, printed something off and colored and then got our palm branches oh. ready. So they were ready for, for our worship time. And I, like, if, if people know me and they're watching this, they're laughing already because they already, they know that I hate crafts. <laughs> like I don't like art projects. I don't do any of that. Like even to the point at one, I, you know, through coloring, um, mm-hmm. uh, my daughter turns to me and says, dad, you're, you're, you're good at coloring. <laughs> She's adorable. like trying to encourage me. I'm like, That's yeah, I, can color. I can't actually draw or anything like that, but I can color, in, color. and stay in the lines. Like that's about oh. my, I can that's cut awesome. Them. But we made our palm branches. It was lovely. And it was lovely to be there with my daughter kind of, um, and, uh, and figuring out ways to engage in that together. Mm -hmm. And I realized, oh my goodness, this is actually part of Sabbath. Uh, This was a Wednesday Mm -hmm. morning and, uh, and I, 
you know, wanted to create the space for that. And I knew I had things later in the day. So figured out how do we create some time in the morning together? My wife's mm-hmm. at work. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think Sabbath is going to look different. Um, but I found suddenly here is actually a moment that the opportunity wasn't even there before, or if it mm-hmm. was, I wasn't going and intentionally seeking out that kind of opportunity. Right. But now suddenly that opportunity is there and I was able to step into that. So I think mm. like that, the reason I wanted to share that mostly, not just because it's a fun story about me and my daughter, but also for other people who might be listening or watching to when you see those opportunities mm-hmm. to figure out, well, how do we create that space? And it might not be a worship time. Like the Winnipeg Zoo is doing mm. a thing where they do like a little live stream about a particular animal. And so we oh. tuned into one of those live and then we watched a couple of them recorded. Like, even just finding things that you can do together it might not even be with technology, hopefully not mm-hmm. with technology as well, right. but, um, okay. but what can you do together as a family that is, and, and where are the times for that? Because those might be different times than they were before as well, like actual literal different times during the week, mm-hmm. um, but making the space for those, I think are really important. Oh my goodness. Yes. And you and Ivy are naming that for us that yes, we, there, there is. Thank you Ivy for this, uh, for yes. this question and getting us to return to this. Cause I think there's a lot of depth there that we need to explore. I agree. I totally agree. Yes. Yeah, so thank you. Thanks again, Ivy, for getting us rolling on that. And if you've got questions next week for Easter, let us know for sure. Cause that's, yeah. that's just brilliant. I mean, I really appreciate your insights on that in terms of you had a Sabbath moment this morning. I mean, yeah. and that, that couldn't have happened otherwise because of all the variables having to come together. Exactly. And, and the question is, are we going to pay attention to that? Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Are we going to be, and for some of us, you and I are privileged. We can pay attention to that. We have resources wherein we can be at home with our children, you know, comfortable yeah. in the house. There are many who cannot, there are many who are literally taking it Yep. Breath by breath, minute by minute. Yep. And so how can we also, to go back to Ivy's comment, use this time for Sabbath, because as Barbara Brown Taylor says, the community that rests together is equipped to resist together. Hmm. And so when we emerge out of this, you know, according to my epidemiology of 40 days to 40 years, <laughs> when we emerge out of this wilderness, if we have embraced Sabbath, we will be that much more equipped as a community to go out and do the work that we need to do to reform and to tikkun olam and to repair the world as we are called to do in the gospels. That's, that is our calling. So I actually think yeah. this is a really important point that, I, mm-hmm. that, that we need to not miss is this idea of Sabbath or breaks um, as the way of reorienting in order to serve, um, in order to give in the, in the world. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's like an either, or that you necessarily have to say, well, I've got to get like, Oh, I haven't done my Sabbath. So now I can't actually serve. Right. No. Like, I think, (laughs) I think you can pay attention to serving. Um, but if you want to be able to really do that well then you need to figure out how do you prioritize sabbath mm. time as well yeah um I, yes. that's really yes. super important um Cheers. i had a an issue i'll just be super vulnerable here live on mm. facebook um mm. where i was having some anxiety uh 
not recently. This is actually surprisingly not recent, like a bit of anxiety now, but, um, but to the point of like having to, having to call someone and have a conversation about this um, and go in and talk to uh, a counselor about it. Um, and my, I thought, okay, I'm just overwhelmed. I, had, I was way too much on my plate. I had so many, so many things that I was trying to get done and I couldn't figure out how to prioritize and get it all sorted out. Um, went in to talk to somebody and that was kind of what I presented to the, to the counselor and said, like, I need some help, like figuring out how do I, like, what do I take off my plate? And she, <laughs> she was great because she basically solved the problem in like one session or one and a half sessions. But she basically said, no, actually you don't need to sort out what you need to take off your plate. You need to uh, figure out how do you address your anxiety Mm. because an anxious place is actually a terrible place to make decisions about what to take off your calendar. Gosh. So so then we had this whole conversation about like, well, how do you feel when you when you feel anxious? And I'm like, well, I feel it kind of in my chest. She's like, well, what do you do? I'm like, I usually take some deep breaths. And what does happen? Well, it kind of usually goes away after taking some deep breaths for a while. She's like, well, you should do that daily then. Like maybe you should keep taking deep breaths. Yes, one breath like, at a time. Yay! Um, and I went back about a month later and uh, and we had a conversation. You said, okay, so how's it been going? And I said, well, I've been taking deep breaths every day. I felt so ridiculous saying this. Um, and, uh, and she said, oh, okay. And she's like, and so it hasn't been, a, and I basically said, so it hasn't been a problem. Mm-hmm. Like I've been dealing with that. And she's like, do you feel like you're in a better position to make decisions about what things you might want to say no to now? I'm like, yeah, actually I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so not yes. everybody's anxiety solution is going to be that easy. Like mm-hmm. it was, and I felt kind of foolish, like Mm-mm. in that situation in a way, right. but, um, but actually, I think that's a good example of, I was actually, I had my priorities the wrong way around. I right. was thinking I need to get out there and take a hold of my day and my calendar and get it all sorted out. And actually what I needed was breathing, stillness. Uh, let's deal with how I'm feeling about all of that. And mm-hmm. get some calm in here, get some rest in here, some Sabbath, if we're going to go mm-hmm. for the full day. And then I can actually go, okay, now I'm in a better position to be able to make some wise and reasonable choices. Mm. Yeah. And that's I think great. that's what Sabbath actually does. Like we take that time yeah. off from the chaos right. and intentionally set it aside so that when we come back to the chaos, we're able, more able to make some good decisions about it. Correct. Yeah. We've been, we've been shaped. Oh, that's excellent. And and it goes full circle back to ancient wisdom, like breathing, meditation, (laughs) mindfulness. These are not new tactics, friends, right? And for those, for anyone who's on here, it's like, well, I don't know about breathing and meditation and things like that. Like Dana is like the person to talk to (laughs) from the Christian tradition about this, I think. But also let's remember like what it actually says in the Bible about some of these things or about like the idea of breath, like the right. same word for breath and spirit throughout the old Testament. Ding, ding, like, ding. Ruach, it's the same, yes, same thing. The same what thing. is going on with, uh, with the, you know, the spirit that's hovering over the waters in creation, Correct. Um, the resurrection, if we want to come back to the resurrection story. So when Jesus first mm-hmm. appears to his disciples, 
Mm-hmm. Do you remember what he does with them in the Gospel of John? He are you, breathes are you, on them. Okay. Yeah, he, yeah, breathes, he breathes on them. On them yeah. He, right? Oh my so it's gosh. like, okay. Yes, you're right. I, I never thought about that last bullet point. You're right. Okay. So There's when Jesus breathes on them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit, you're what, right. like, I'm just imagining what were the disciples doing when Jesus breathed mm-hmm. on them? This is probably like really horrible for COVID nineteen right now. Like, right? We do not, on friends. We we're not. We're, not on. we're talking metaphorical here. Metaphorical. We'll, just, we'll stick to. But, yeah. but I would imagine that the disciples would then, like, when Jesus breathes on them and says, "Receive the Holy Spirit," wouldn't they have instinctively just gone yeah. and breathed it in? Right. 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 And then, what yes. does that do? That calms us down and prepares us to receive. Right. I, 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 if you would have talked to me about this like five years ago before I started my podcast, I would have said, mm, "No, this is all like woo woo <laughs> spirituality up in the clouds." But I'm like, "Oh, actually, no. This is actually, like, no. <laughs> this is grounded. It's like in the creation story. It yeah. is what Jesus is actually doing." Um, yeah. Yeah. That's. I don't know. Wow. I think that's pretty, that's pretty important stuff. You're so right. You're so right. Yeah. And it takes its full circle back to, you know, this week's lectionary text, which contains the garden of Gethsemane. So the mm-hmm. idea of retreating to breathe, to reflect, to calm himself, to get the wisdom of God. It's yeah, it all, it all comes together. And what matters is the intention. Like, Oh, and, and Lisa added breathe on me, breath of God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we see it in today. Absolutely. Wow. Although it's probably not a hymn that we're going to sing right now. It's it's not. It's I've not a, co- a COVID hymn. Yeah. Have you seen I some do. of those memes, like yes. hymns that we should not be singing? Correct. Um, yeah. And we, Linda's we barely said, got around to talking about the Lord's Prayer. Are we going to come back said, real quick? Because we can do. Yes, absolutely. We're going for almost an hour here. Amazing. And Linda says, I do want to, let me type in a question for everybody before we, and then we'll do Lord's Prayer and questions. Um, Linda says, I repeat Psalm 4610 in repetitive order. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. Be still be. Which we we have that also in one breath at a time. So I love that exercise. Linda, thank you for that reminder. Um, let me go back. Um, so the questions we asked everybody, if you want to chime in while we're going over Lord's Prayer at the very end, what's brought you joy this week? What's been hard this week? Ivy's talked kind of about both of those things. And where are you finding God right now, if at all? So maybe we should, which which of the three, Matt, you think we should ask folks to to land on? The latter? Where are you finding God right now? Sure. Okay, let's do that. So. Where is everyone? I feel like you're producing this show right now. So (laughs) you're on that laptop and figuring it all out. I'm just sitting back. I used to host a podcast here, but now it's Dana's. She's taking over. I love it. So does this mean that I can add executive producer to my resume? (laughs) Go ahead and do that. Doctor, doctor, executive producer. Right. Doctor, yeah. I just play one in books. All right. So while folks are thinking about that, where is everyone finding God right now? And try to be as specific as possible if folks can, so that we can get lots of tips for together together. Um, all right, Matt, let's go back to Lord's Prayer really quickly and we'll wrap up our session. Yeah, like I'm just wondering if there again, I'll ask my same question. Is there anything that jumps out in the Lord's Prayer that you think? Let me go um, back. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know what? I, I am going right now in my meditation practices. I've been thinking about give us this day our daily bread. Like that has been sticking with me in electio practice. And I think it's because bread thinking in terms of supplies, you know, people who are without wages, people who are without supplies, people who are food insecure, people who are without bread as in money, right? Resources. So give us this day our daily bread. And it also to me is a call for us to be present in the moment, not be greedy, not hoard, and also to share with one another. And so that's the portion of the Lord's Prayer that I keep coming back to, at least at least today. That was in my meditation this morning. Yeah, and I, I was just having a conversation with, um, just before this, uh, with the executive director of mm-hmm. uh of an inner city mission in Winnipeg, Winnipeg inner city mm-hmm. missions actually is what they're called. Um, it's a Presbyterian organization, but they, um, uh, and, and it was really about a lot of it was about food and, mm-hmm. um, just the people that they serve. Um, they don't actually run necessarily specific feeding programs, but the people that they serve are having difficulty accessing food. Um, and so, uh, it just means that, um, it's not that the food is not readily available at grocery stores per se, but um, but it's just their mobilities are rest- is restricted, and um, some of the places where they might normally get extra food, like food banks, uh, some of those of outposts might have had to close, or just it, mm-hmm. it's gotten a lot harder for them. So some of the and I would imagine like if that's happening here, it's probably happening in most major centers. Uh, throughout the world is that people who are um, are already uh, poor or the working poor, people who are already using food banks or soup kitchens and things like that, some of those resources are able to stay up and running and online, but but lots of them either haven't or have had to put in restrictions that are just limiting what can happen. Right. Um, and so it's just how do we how do we help in that situation and trying to figure out how do we get food to people? And it's, it's amazing to think that we're in a North American city and we know that we already need all of those supports and structures, but of course now coming down to like, they have a list of people that this, and it's a small organization and they are literally mobilizing to get groceries dropped off at people's houses. Right. And, like and and paid for or meals dropped off like pre-prepared meals so i'm sure that's happening in lots of places with places that fly under the radar and are not government funded and are just um just trying to piece things together so like try and find those places that are in that are in need mm-hmm. um it's, it's interesting how like the lord's prayer can bring up like justice issues right like totally yes your, your kingdom as well yeah. is, is all yeah. part of that in fact, I want to, and I can put the um, the resource, I'll put it in our comments, but yes, there's a great sojourner's prayer that Jim Wallace did this week on the Lord's Prayer from a justice, like what does the Lord's uh, Prayer look like in, in COVID? Like what is it? Wow. What does it mean for us? And so I just put that in the comments for folks. Mm-hmm. But yes, I think you're right. It is it's so applicable to us. And we we're coming full circle because we're talking about the go-to prayers of Jesus and what better calling do we have than that of Jesus saying, okay, friends, it's time to love and take care of one another. And that means, you know, some sacrificing and some wilderness time. And, you know, because this is what we do when we're, when we're in community and that's who we are. 
And so, right. I think yeah. too, as well, like the idea of community is embedded mm-hmm. in the prayer and yes. just embedded in the lives of people in, in that time Correct. is that there wasn't like, it's a, it's a, we prayer. It's an us give us the stay, not give me the stay, my daily mm-hmm. bread. It's give us the stay, our daily bread. Um, and that's mm-hmm. just part of that way of being that culture. But, but we need to, we need more of that. Right. We do. Um, Mm-hmm. So it can be easily to, it can, it can, we can easily isolate ourselves without all of this going on. Many people totally. have already isolated themselves so yeah. before any of this. And maybe this is an opportunity to figure out how do we actually connect to one another and be intentional about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we need to, we need to do that. I would Amen. say the line for me in the Lord's prayer is similar to what I brought up with 23rd Psalm as well. Mm-hmm is that, I mean, there's multiple translations of the Lord's mm-hmm. Prayer as well. The one uh, we use is usually um, uh, lead us not into temptation, mm-hmm. but deliver us from evil, right? But there's also save us from the time of trial yes. is another way of translating. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like right now, that's a really good translation for us to think about, you know, save yes. us from the time of, from the time of trial. Yes. Um, and that plea um, mm-hmm. to God, like just to lay that before God, you know, mm-hmm. save us from what we're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a plea that Jesus says, like, this is embedded in his prayer of like, this is what you should pray for. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay to pray for salvation. It is. It is. Absolutely. Um, yes. Which oh, probably goodness. connects us to Palm Sunday this Sunday it because that's does. what Hosanna means. That's what, yes, Hosanna correct. means save. That's right. That's so we've come full circle. On, on the praise side, not the plea yes. side, right? right. The correct. Is that I'm praising you for salvation as in you so, have saved. Correct. Uh, but the Lord's prayer is a plea of please save mm-hmm. us. And actually, mm-hmm. I think like that right there, if you want to talk about the Christian tradition, those are kind of the two kind of guardrails in the Christian tradition, right? Like you have both of those always happening at the same time. Thank you, God, for your salvation. And please save us because <laughs> yes. we still need it. <laughs> like both it's now, and. Right? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Yes, that's right. The already and the not yet. Yes. Well said, preacher. Oh, right, we well, that's perfect. And let me, let me, we've got some comments coming in. So I'll read these. Thanks for that. That was, that was really, really helpful. And we've got... Let's see. Oh, okay. So here's um, where are you finding God? Ivy says creation. It's springtime. Indeed. Yes. So she's finding God in creation. Lisa says seeking out worship resources and really noticing the significance of the wording, prayers, and scriptures and worship resources in the lectionary and in sources from the PCC dot CA, which sounds like Presbyterian Church of Canada. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it would be. Um, yeah. And also from other Sorry, who's, who was that? Who left that? So that's Lisa, Lisa and Buster Baker. Do you know oh, that? Oh, yeah. Yay! Lisa. Oh, Hi. good. Hi, good, Lisa. good. Hi, Lisa. And then Linda says, I see God in our intentional actions to be connected when we can't be physically connected, which is sometimes out of convenience. So, yes, yeah. in our intentions to physically be connected. And Lisa says... Um, this is back to Lisa and Buster Baker. The week before our closing, our worship closing, meaning like physical worship space closing, our worship included Psalm 23. Last week mm-hmm. was Psalm 130, amazing Psalms, Psalm 130 about waiting. 
Yes. And I know your, your fellow associate preached last Sunday on Psalm 130, I'm sure. And so, yeah, that's, it's very powerful to have these, these two Psalms juxtaposed mm-hmm. together as we enter into Holy Week. Yeah. 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 This oh, is great. Beautiful. Wow. All right. So thanks everyone. Thanks for the comments, everybody. Yes. And it sounds like we're going to work on Easter tide for next week. Does that sound like a plan? Yeah, I think that's what we're going to do. It's going to be great. I'm excited. So thanks everybody for joining us and we'll, um, and you can, you can see this video later, right, Matt? So it's recorded on zoom and then it's posted on your Facebook page. It'll go straight to Facebook. That's right. Yeah. And if all the technology works, then it will end up in just the audio on the Spirituality for Ordinary People podcast. Awesome. Great. The video will stay on my Facebook page. Yeah. Perfect. And we've included those notes too in that link. So this is, oh, and Ivy, Ivy sends um, the unending worship services and devotions online, something live almost every hour. Yes. So Ivy's really enjoying that. Sandra says prayers and Linda says, thanks for doing this. So thank you all for being here. We had a great group today, so I'm really grateful for you all. Yes, and grateful for you, Matt. Thank you for bringing us together. Yeah, Yeah. I'm so glad you agreed to do this. It's really, uh, it's it's meant a lot to me this week to to have this too. Likewise, thank you. And I will see you next week. Same day, same time. Okay. Take care, everybody. Thanks, bye.